Money FM 89.3. Best of the evening runway. Culture Club. Money FM 89.3. It is the evening runway. I'm Elliot Danker. Let's talk about the Australian wine industry, one of the largest exporters of wine. It's exported 625 million litres of wine in 2021 and 2022, valued at $2.1 billion. How about that? In fact, it is the top destination market where the USA is concerned. The US accounting for 21% of the exports by value. So just to give you a bit of uh, perspective, there. Now, on the domestic market, Australian wine is estimated to account for 441 million litres. That makes up 82% of the total sales of domestic market in 2021 and 2022. And now one of the world's largest wine companies, Treasury Premium Brands, has earmarked Australian Heritage Winery wins Kanawara Estate to be its next luxury brand. And on the line with me is Chetil Uniam, who's the Chief Marketing Officer for Treasury Premium Brands. Chetil, good evening. How are you? I am very well. Elias, how are you going? Uh, well, not too bad. Whenever there's an excuse to talk about wine, why not? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, we have a glass of wine next to you. you know? Oh boy, uh, maybe later, maybe later. Okay, Shadal, I want to start off by talking about Treasury Premium Brands. Tell us a little bit about the company's portfolio. Yeah, so we're looking after a broad set of uh, brands. It's actually 62 different brands in the portfolio. Luckily, they're not all in the same market, so mm. it can actually diversify. So the way to think about it is that it's not tenfold, but everything else actually falls under the remit in terms of selling uh, across the world whether it's Australian or the U.S. brand portfolio. And good bunch of brands that really complement each other in terms of different varietals, price points, and also different formats. Hmm. I'm actually curious, and, and this is a bit of a personal question, I guess. As chief marketing officer, I'm assuming you work with a lot of wineries. What is that experience like? Oh, it's beautiful. You know, I'm only one year into the wine industry, so... But, you know, actually working with winemakers and also working with the viticulturalists who actually, you know, manage the vineyard, they're so passionate. And naturally so, you know, they're good products and they're very, very strong brands. Uh, but I must say, coming from a traditional FMCG background, the passion and the energy, the optimism and the creativity that they bring to the table in terms mm. of how they look at the vineyards is just phenomenal. Okay, let's talk a little bit about Wynn's uh, Konawara Estate now. I'm not a wine expert, but I was quite taken aback when I realized that this was a heritage winery. Okay, heritage winery, yet you guys are earmarking it as the next luxury brand. How does all of this work? Well, if you look at terms of a very stronghold is right now, it's either it's in Barossa Valley, Sierra Valley, or it's Margaret River. Coonabara is a very, very special place in Southeast Australia. Okay. Very far down south. It's very close to the water. It gets these beautiful, cool climate winds coming up uh, the valley, which really, really enhances the flavor of, of the grapes. It also has, sits on a very special soil. We call it the Terra Rosa, which is perfect for the wines to actually grow very, very special um, grapes. And what we've done is we looked into the style of the wines in Coonabara and uh, mm. Hotter and the team has done an amazing job in actually creating this really beautiful medium bodied okay. uh, wine, which sets them aside from the very heavy reds that you see coming out from other places in Australia. Ah, I see. Okay. And also because it's a heritage brand, I did a checking. I understand it's a 70 year old winery. How, I mean, 70 years old, how would you answer if someone were to say, how do you see this still relevant in today's day and age? And also, does it affect demographics, younger demographics and the type of wine that they prefer? 
Well, first of all, Elliot, you know, I always talk to my brands as being young. So it's 70 years young because we'll be looking to the future <laughs> in terms of where it's going to go for the next 70 years. Sure, sure. So, of course. <laughs> but, uh, sorry, to answer your questions more uh, seriously. I think, you know, where it sits is, is what I just mentioned in terms of mm-hmm. there's very few medium bodied red wines. So it actually is much more approachable, we think. It's okay. actually easier to drink. And when we look into new markets, people tend to actually look for a quality simpler and don't misunderstand that word in terms of actually being meaning anything else that is more accessible and easier to drink. Okay. So that's why we think actually really, really complements the rest of our portfolio globally. Shettel, personal favor, and this is so maybe I can impress my wife later this evening. First of all, what's your favorite wine from Winds and, and how would I pair them? What type of food would they go with? Oh, I tell you my favorite. It's the Black Label Cabernet Sauvignon. You've got to get a bottle of that. And I was lucky enough to actually go to the Wednesday tasting in Melbourne in June. And our chief winemaker, Sue Hodder, she hosted that in a Chinese restaurant. Mm-hmm. And it paired beautifully across the range. So I must say that she's done a tremendous job of making sure that the wines actually fit really, really well with um, Asian cuisine and Chinese in particular. So treat oh. her to something Chinese and a bottle of Wins Cabernet. Black Label Sauvignon. All right. So something to add to my list. Okay. Uh, let's. Uh, we, we've talked a bit about the brands, the partnership. Let's talk a little bit about some trends that you've noticed as far as wine drinking is concerned. What are the trends looking like uh, as far as wine drinking is concerned here in Asia? So what we've seen in a variety before was very much a special, uh, special occasion of pure occasions. We're seeing actually people adopting uh, more broader repertoire of occasions. So it's more broadly used. So that's okay. the one thing, which is very nice when you're selling wine. Mm. The second is as we see people actually moving away from just heavy reds. Okay. People experimenting with more flavors, which, you know, uh, or varietals. So you see more into the whites, into the rosés, into fortifies, and also into champagne, which is really, really nice because we want actually people to look at wine for different occasions and to your point with different pairings because mm. there's so many mm-hmm. things actually you could use with wine. Okay, okay. And I, I suppose you've done this a million times when people come up to you and they're looking for a type of wine recommendation. I, I do wonder, though, I mean, when you think wines here in, in Singapore, for example, we tend to think, okay, it's either French or Californian or Australian. What's so special about Australian wine, in your opinion, especially from your brand point of view? Ooh, good question. <laughs> Now, I do find, you know, again, Australian wine being a bit more accessible in terms of actually being easier true. to drink, in terms of not being so heavy. True, uh, true. I think we made them a bit lighter and what I call medium bodied. And I think actually that's something that fits well when you go into new markets and people who haven't drinking wine before, it becomes easier for them to try that because it's not as powerful in terms of heavy tannins, a heavy aftertaste. It actually flows very nicely in your mouth and that's also why we think it goes very well with you know the Asian cuisine mm-hmm. I've asked this question once before uh, to a wine collector and it was really about how the perception of drinking wine is uh, the older crowd tends to drink it I'm sure you've seen a bit of a change uh, what are you observing demographics wise Oh, you know, we, we always focus a lot about recruitment in terms of new consumers, and they have a lot of, you know, alcohol choices in their repertoire. So what we're trying to do is actually make sure that, you know, wine is also relevant for the younger audiences. So actually looking into brands that actually appeal more to them in terms of their lifestyle, and then also adopting, you know, flavors and also alcohol content that actually is more in the midstream category to actually, you know, be able to be, again, more accessible for these younger demographics. So... Um, 
always something on our mind that mm-hmm. we have an innovation team that's actually looking after the trends that we need to actually apply our brands and our products to. Shuttle, I'm going to admit I'm, I'm a little bit jealous of your job. It sounds uh, so much fun. You get to try all this wine. How do you pick, you know, which brands you want to put under the Treasury Premium Brands umbrella? What usually piques your interest? So it's a combination, uh, Elliot. We do a lot of consumer insight and we have a very clear map in terms of what are the different locations when people consume alcohol and okay. wine in particular and what are the key consumer demographics that sits across those locations. And then we map our brands across those that map in terms of actually making sure that they're quite unique and incremental. And then we build the brand positioning and the portfolio around those locations and consumer targets. Wow. Okay, let's look ahead to 2024. What's next for Treasury Premium Brands? Anything we can look forward to? Oh, it's a continuation of wins. Really, really, we want to wow. amplify uh, from you know a, bit, um, a start this year to go into next year. We mm-hmm. did a great Wednesday in July here in Singapore. We got a listing on Black Label in uh, Fair Price Finance. So, and uh, so we're looking at to amplify that going into this year as well. And we look, as mentioned at the start, we're looking at a repositioning okay. or an amplification of the wins put. Uh, So hopefully we can see that coming into the market and actually attracting more consumers to the WINS portfolio. Mm, Okay. And finally, I guess, uh, again, asking for free advice, if you don't mind me being shameless, if someone's thinking about, you know, learning to appreciate wine a little bit more, listening to this conversation, what would your advice to them be? Where should they start? Well, I think, you know, it's a very hard question to answer in terms of everybody being different. I could talk about my personal experience. Sure, yeah. I started on very... Uh, easy to drink wines, which are to me are Chardonnays and Pinot Noir. Yeah, you know, yeah. They are lighter and in, in, in flavor and, and profile, and uh, it's quite a safe bet. But you know, uh, there's no problem if, you're, like I said, medium bodies in general is a good start, and mm. Wins is your go-to brand. You know, pick up pick up a black label, and you'll be a very happy person. I know what I'm going to do today. I've been speaking with Shetel Unyev, who is the Chief Marketing Officer for Treasury Premium Brands. Shetel, appreciate your time. Take care and have a great weekend ahead. You too, Elliot. Thanks. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.